We are privileged to have our good friends and our missionaries, Philip and Amy Ward here from Kona. And uh, it's always a privilege. Amy started off our year with a word about coming back to the plumb line. It's been a right-on word. It's been helping us navigate this season, stay engaged with the plumb line. And, uh, and so we're just going to have her bring a word. Philip, you're welcome to do whatever you want to do as well. You guys are free. We love you. And we believe in you. So come on up. Let's welcome them. Good morning. Well, the weather's a little bit better than it was last time I was here, so we're thankful for that. But uh, yes, we, you know, with all, all of the shutdowns of many things, we thought we'd take the opportunity where we're really busy in the summer usually, but a lot of the things that we're normally running, we're not running right now, but to come to Alaska and spend some time with family. So uh, Philip and I were just in Southeast for two weeks out on my family's homestead and Got to hang out with the kiddos and all of that. It had been almost two years since I'd seen him. So that was a lot of fun eating Dungeness crab and smoked king salmon and, you know, got my, got my fill. Uh, and haven't lost my ability to shut crab for a lot of hours. So that's, that's good. You know, sometimes I just have to test myself to make sure I haven't lost my way. And then uh, we're up here for a week spending time with, uh, with Philip's family. So... It's really good to be here. And when we go back, we have to go back into quarantine because of the rules in Hawaii. So we're like, man, we should have extended our ticket. But uh, you don't really know when you're making them. So, but we're really happy to be here. And just maybe a little update, you know, with uh, the University of the Nations, YOM Kona, is our campus is open. We're not presently running any schools. We've used the opportunity this summer to actually run kids camps. Um, one of the words of the Lord that came to us was the Lord was really emphasizing children in this season and families. And so uh, they're running uh, children's camps for our own staff's kids as well as kids in the community, especially with parents not having child care and all of the unknowns that are going on. It, it was provided a really great opportunity for our campus, our staff to do that. But um, we're pretty much still in a place of not being able to have anybody come in. Um, there's no, you can't take a test or anything like that. You go right into quarantine. So when everything kind of went down, we were right in the midst of teams coming back and teams going out. And so we were in that moment and being a part of the leadership team, we kind of became ground zero for like about a week trying to make these decisions. And probably some of the hardest decisions we've ever had to make as a leadership team in our history. And being, you know, really close with Lauren and Darlene Cunningham, the founders of YWAM, they said, we've been through every major world event in the last, you know, 60 years within our mission, but never a global pandemic. And we don't know how to do this either. And so really just trying to hear the Lord, honor our community in Kona, and that's a big deal for us because we're kind of right in the center of that, and we didn't want... YWAM to be the reason that COVID came into the community and all of that. So we've had to really honor our, our state. Whether we agree or don't agree, we're trying to do the right thing and hear the Lord and obey, but at the same time, um, walk this out. So we're still figuring it out. Our hopes and, the, and what we're planning on right now is that the fall quarter will happen, that we will be running schools. Um, the numbers would have to be limited just with housing and all of that. But that's what we're believing for, and that's what we're going for. Um, in this time, it's been actually quite amazing for the staff that 
a live-in Kona that call Kona their home. Um, right before we came here, we came out of a two-week training. Um, it's called a YOM DNA that was uh, life-changing for most of our staff and really kind of coming back, talk about plumb line, into our own plumb line over the words of the Lord, over our vision and values. And I would say in my history of being in Kona, there's probably more unity and agreement right now than there's ever been um, since I've been a part of this and just really got aligning, pruning, all of that. You know, oftentimes when we think about pruning, that was the primary word that came to us in the beginning of all of this, as we, in our minds, we often think he prunes away dead things, but we have to remember that when he prunes, he actually prunes live things. And it's not because it's not bearing fruit, it's that oftentimes he has to prune something even though it's bearing fruit because he wants it to bear more fruit. Well, we're living in that right now. And maybe some of you can relate to that, but that's been one of our primary words. And, you know, we're all like, yay, we got a word of the Lord. But it's not always so fun walking it out and trying to figure out how to respond rightly to that. But I can say with, fully, with full confidence, we're full of hope. We're full of faith. Um, we're seeing how the Lord is using this when the enemy means to kill, steal, and destroy. We're seeing how the Lord is in the midst of this, bringing redemption, bringing restoration, and doing a lot of amazing things. And so, you know, we know this is from the enemy, but at the same time, we also know he doesn't win. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, a, a little report from us and just where we're going. We're taking every day as it comes. You know, oftentimes we don't know till the next governor's announcement. You think things are strict around here. Let's just say Hawaii is probably the strictest state in the United States right now. And so we're having, you know, every day there's something different. And so trying to make decisions is a little challenging. But, and on the financial side, pray for us in Kona. Because without students, we have no finances. And we're, we need a miracle. And probably more than we've ever needed a miracle since I've been a part of this. Of, for our campus and t keeping the lights on and paying the mortgage and all of that. So when you think of YOM Kona and even YOM Global, pray for us. The amazing part is, you know, when you wonder why missionaries, you know, we don't have a salary in YWAM. Well, it makes more sense now than it ever has because we're still going strong. Because our yes isn't dependent on uh, a paycheck, but on we signed up for a faith journey. And so, you know, it's affected many missionaries, but at the same time, um, we just, we're in, the vision is increasing and God is, his, his kingdom is advancing right now. I don't want to get into all the stories. I got, maybe we'll see what time it is when I'm, when I'm finished here. But um, a couple years ago, really when I went back to YWAM Kona um, from California, I was in the prayer room one day with all of the global leaders in the mission. And I was, I was in the room and the Lord spoke to me. And he spoke to me probably more strongly and almost intense than I'm used to him speaking. And he said to me, he says, where you're going is going to require more dependency on me than it ever has. And he really emphasized that word require. That does, to me, a requirement is that it's not negotiable. It's this is what's going to happen. And he, he began to continue to speak to me about it. Now, oftentimes when the Lord speaks, we, you know, we think we understand what it means, but then as things begin to unfold in front of us over the next couple years or in time, you go, oh, oh, oh. Now, some of you will remember the last word that I brought, even around the plumb line and around what the Lord was doing. And, and, it, and some of the words, you know, you get, you're like, man, I wish I wouldn't have heard that, only because now I'm going to be walking this thing out. Well, when God spoke to me about 
the increase of his glory and a shaking that was about to happen. I had no idea that this was what was going to happen. Um, and some of the things that would transpire over the next six months. And this word about dependency on God would be similar, where here we are, probably in our greatest place of going, God, if you don't show up, this ain't happening. Like, I can't lean on anything else. Like, you have to show up here, or we're not going to be able to continue, at least in the way that we've known, that we've known to. So for, to me, dependency on God really means that outside of him, I can't do anything. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. I mean, we can do stuff, they're just not going to bear fruit. So what he's saying is, apart from me, you cannot bear fruit that I've created you to bear. It also means walking in a greater fear of the Lord. Not trusting in my own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. I have probably quoted that scripture more in the last two years than I ever have. And I feel like it's only increasing. Lean not on your own understanding. Right now, everybody is wanting understanding. Everybody's looking for answers. What's really going on? He's saying, don't lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, not some of them, all of your ways, acknowledge me, press into me, and he will make your path straight. So last time I was here, I spoke on the plumb line of God, measuring our lives according to the Bible and the word of the Lord. I talked about walking in a greater fear of the Lord and adjusting things in our lives that weren't in alignment to that and bringing them into alignment. I shared with you this word about what I call the apocalyptic glory, about an encounter the Lord gave me two years ago where I saw the increase of the glory of God, and I saw all of these ministries that were built in the name of Jesus, but when the glory actually showed up, no one knew if it was truly rooted and grounded in Jesus until the glory increased. And if it wasn't, it disintegrated like a puff of smoke, and if it was, it remained. And as the glory increased in the vision, I saw him touching people that were restored, people that were broken, that were hurting. And the voice of the Lord said, this is the glory that both destroys and restores. And that's what I'm saying is that I never thought we'd be where we are right now when the Lord spoke that to me. But I share with you some of those words. Now, I can honestly say that we've never been where we are right now. Like, you know, I mean, share with you what our founders said. Nope, we've never been here. There's never been something that's happened in the earth in our lifetimes that has ever, that has affected every single nation on earth. You know, reality is we called some of our missionaries the other day, you know, in, in our YWAM basis, and they're like, no, we have no food. Like, there's no food to go get. We're on lockdown. We'll be in prison. Like, we're, they're living even more of a, a, a different world than we are. And, you know, people are actually really, really suffering in places much more than we're just inconvenienced. And, you know, there are things that we're experiencing, but, I, but most of us haven't gone hungry yet. Or most of us haven't, you know, been thrown in jail yet. Most of us haven't experienced that yet. And it's affecting everybody. And so, you know, we have all of this at the same time. Then we have all of this that's happening around racism. And it happens to be an election year. So in America, we're bombarded right now like I've never experienced in my life. 
I mean, I know we've had things happen around racism for, you know, riots and all of this before, but it's like everything is escalated. Everything is kind of culminating into this, this time that we're in. And you're like, okay, God, what's going on? And one thing that is very different right now, even with the, the racial situations that are happening in the riots, is in, in the times past, we didn't have the internet like we do right now. We didn't have social media like we do right now. People weren't videoing these things and posting them for the world to see. So has it been happening all along? Yes. But not in the way that we are now seeing it and experiencing it. That's the difference than it was in times past when these things happened. And everyone, you know, they have the ability to communicate their thoughts and their opinions right now. It was so funny because I have a lot of friends that are ministers. Well, suddenly when everything shut down, it's like everybody became an internet, you know, sensation and everyone's interviewing each other and it's really great, but it's kind of comical, some of it, just because of the amount that was coming in, right? The amount of information, people's opinions, words, all of those things. Everyone became a preacher, you know, had a, a platform overnight. So this isn't something that's fully new, but we're experiencing it different. It's been happening a long time, but because of the nature of the global pandemic and everyone needing to be home for such a long period, all of a sudden it's at an all-time high. People have the time to listen, to speak, to do that. So all of this is circulating right now. Would you guys agree? Information. People are looking for answers. Information. Understanding. I've never felt more like people are trying to figure something out. And, you know, as a prophetic person, people go, Amy, what's God speaking to you? I'm like, actually, he's been pretty quiet. He's not giving me some deep prophetic insight behind all of this other than the enemy's real, but the kingdom's still advancing. Now, there is things that the Lord is speaking, but it isn't usually about the things that are happening as much as about who he is. And as a prophetic person, you want to understand I can't lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, I have to acknowledge him. There's still a lot of unknowns. And I, we've all agreed, life as we know it, is, is life as we knew it is not going to return to life as we knew it. The world really has changed. Philip has been saying this, and is that, you know, some of the conversations that we're in, is that we may never see peacetime Christianity again. There's been a shift and a change. But this is the hour where the church, the Christians, arise and release the kingdom. So as Christians, you know, we all love, well, we should. If we don't, we need to repent, but we love all the races. You know, I'm a missionary. So... We are in many, many different nations. But we do, as Christians, we love all the races, and we, f- we're f- we fight for equality. We fight for freedom. We fight for injustice. And there's so much pressure, though, to use our voices in different ways right now. One minute, seeming like we say something that seems good, and then you find out it's not. You're like, my heart was good, but that probably wasn't wise. Or... Uh, I thought that group was worth supporting, but then I found out the backstory and whoops, delete, right? It's almost like no matter what you say or do right now, you're going to offend somebody. And some people are like, I love to offend people, and then other people don't. So, you know, you kind of see it. 
I'm just like, oh man, all those that love to offend, this is your time to shine in many ways. But, uh, but in that moment, I, I had my own experience during all of this. And so, you know, YOM is probably one of the most, you know, it, we, because we're in every nation, we don't, ex- I don't really know racism within our own, you know, community. But yet when I started to hear from our African-American brothers, you start to find out that they experienced something very different than I wouldn't have even known. So we found ourselves more quiet in actually learning to educate ourselves in the beginning of all of this, um, and, and then raising our voices to say, we hear you, we're listening, we're learning, we love you, we, you know. And I had my own experience where in my desire to support and to let people know that, you know, that we're in this with you, I posted something that most people would have never even thought of, and I don't normally do that kind of a thing, but I, the reaction I got from an African-American brother was quite the opposite than I had hoped. And I was just like, oh man, what did I, how did you get so, ah, you know, like experiencing that moment, but then I realized that I'd given into a pressure and I hadn't asked the Holy Spirit. And that's not actually like me, I'm very, intentional and I'm very careful and I went oh wow my heart was pure actually completely pure before the Lord but in pressure around me caused me to move out of the alignment and timing of the Lord because for me it's a little different my voice carries a different weight sometimes so I have to even be that much more careful and I represent a lot more people than just myself right and I didn't do anything that I had to repent for that I posted outside of, I probably should have checked in with you, and I just didn't because I got caught up in the moment of actually love and support. But still, I realized my dependency on him has to be like never before right now. That I can't afford to waste my words. I can't afford to say something because of all that's swirling around me because people are looking for truth, they're looking for answers, they're looking for many different things. How much more, especially as a prophetic person, do I have to be aligned into the timing of the Lord? And even though I'm like, I didn't do anything wrong except for presumption. And presumption, I have a whole other message on the sin of presumption. But it is. When we move outside of the leading of the Holy Spirit, whether right or wrong, it's wrong. Because we're operating in presumption. We just assume, but we got to be those that are leaning into him, that walk with that lean. Who is this coming up out of the wilderness? They lean on their beloved. They walk with a lean. They're listening. They're going, apart from you. I want to be like Jesus. I don't do anything unless I see my Father in heaven do it. That alignment that, that we walk in that place daily. See, but what I want to say today is we've got to be still know that he's God. God has not changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can't change. He won't change. He hasn't changed. The world is changing. People around us might be changing, but he is not changing. There's no shadow of turning in him. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's still the God of mercy and justice, and he's slow to anger and quick to love. He hasn't changed. And I want to remind us that, that we 
are Christians, that we as followers of Jesus Christ, I want to remind us of a few things this morning. Is that first, in Philippians 3.20, we are citizens of heaven. More than whatever your passport, your driver's license, what, no matter what, but first, as Christians, we belong to a different kingdom. We're citizens of heaven. That we are a part of a kingdom. Mark 1.15, his kingdom is at hand. That means it's right now. He says in John 18.36 that his kingdom is not of this world. I know we're here. But he's saying, hey, the citizenship that you have of the kingdom, it's not like the world's. And we know this, but I don't know about you, but when you start reading verses in present reality, you're going, oh, oh, oh boy. It, it hits you different because of the times that we're living in. That in this kingdom, in Revelations 1-6, he has made us a kingdom of priests for God, his Father, to reign on the earth. So we have a citizenship in heaven of a kingdom that's not on this world, that is actually at hand, and we're priests in that kingdom. In 1 Peter 2.9, we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that we may proclaim the excellence of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Galatians 2.20, we have been crucified with Christ, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We've never been here before. We've never been living our lives like we are now, but we've never needed more dependency on God than we do right now. We have to be walking in that alignment and that obedience, listening to his voice. We have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing. I say this to young people, but I'm going to say it here. We don't have the right to our own opinion. Ooh, boy. Everything is about, you know, yes, I understand as Americans we have the right of free speech. And I understand, but remember, I'm a part of a different kingdom. I do legally on earth, but legally in heaven. I mean, I can do it. But if it's not in alignment with what he's saying, I'm going to be in sin. I don't have the right. People ask me, what's your opinion? I'm not really going to share that because I'm not sure it's aligned with God. So people can't push something out of me that I am not that allowed to say. Now, of course, in our families, and our homes, we can process, but we, even then we have to be careful. You ever feel that spirit come in the room? You're like, I don't know if this is a good idea. Yeah, you're still with your family, but, but right now, there's a demonic thing that has been released that people are consumed with, and they don't even know why they're saying what they're saying. So I'm not going to be pressured by the world or by the church to say something God has not given me permission to say because I don't have the right to my own opinion. Now, there are times where I feel the freedom to share my opinion, to say, This isn't a word of the Lord, but this is what I feel like. This is what I sense. This is my opinion. I'm still processing it out. It's in the spirit in which we say it, right? So there's this place I feel this alignment moment in my own heart to say, church, now is the time that we have to be leaning in to what is he saying. 
You gotta remember that he's not a political party. You gotta remember that he's not American. That he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That he's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. That he rules over all nations. Well, it's like, gets me fired up. So you can say the right thing in the wrong spirit. We're like, well, what they're saying is the Bible. I mean, how many people have heard people preaching the Bible in the wrong spirit? You're like, you sound angry and mad, and I wouldn't give my life to Jesus if... Do you know what I'm saying? You hear these people, and you're like, they're using the scriptures, but that's not how it's supposed to sound, right? Well, you can say the right thing, that God supports something or doesn't. You could say many, many things that are correct and true, but if... It's in the wrong spirit. And one of those spirits being that we're operating outside of the permission of God, then we're no longer dependent on him. But we've kind of ran away like a runaway freight train in that situation. Sometimes we are silent when God wants us to be louder. And sometimes we are loud when we should be listening. We will only know this if we're seeking the wisdom of God. We're not called to bury our heads in the sand. We're not called to be ignorant of what's happening. That's fear. That's in giving in to intimidation. But we are called to know, to be some like the sons of Issachar, to understand the times and to know what to do. But how are you going to know what to do? We've never been here before. There's no path forward unless you're leaning into heaven and saying, God, you're going to have to make my path straight. He always does things upside down than what we think. Hmm, right now, this is what it seems like we should do. But is that what he's directing us to do? Because it might look counterculture. It might look a little backwards. It might look, right? I heard a story recently where some guy, one of is related to the church, who's like, right before all of this, God told him to invest in toilet paper. That seems pretty an odd thing to hear. <laughs> So again, we don't pretend like things aren't going on. We actually have to be involved, but as the Lord leads. Like right now, here's the thing. It's like, for me, I hate injustice. I, I hate human trafficking. Like, I hate it. But I can't leave Kona right now and go get involved in a ministry that's all around ending human trafficking. Why? Because that's not what he's asked me to do. That's what he's asked them to do. But is God against human trafficking? Yes. Does he want those ministries? Yes. Am I called to do it right now? No. So I can stand for truth and what he's about and not just assume that that's what I'm supposed to go do. So am I, do, I hate abortion. I mean, hate abortion. But right now, he's called me to be a missionary where I'm at. Do I raise my voice and say, this is wrong? Yes. Do I, you know, support things that are against abortion? Yes. Right now, am I going to well, fly to Washington, D.C. and stand outside of a courthouse with life tape over my mouth? No. Why? Because that's not what he's asked me to do today. So you understand that you can support things and you can be a part of things, but you got to know, is it my voice right now in this moment? Right? So I just kind of want to help us a little bit in this place of going, God, how do I come into agreement 
with what you hate and what you love and support those things, but to use my voice wisely, to not be all over the place, the only way you're going to know that is leaning into him. To know what fight is my fight in this hour. I've learned this in, you know, even really walking with a man like Lauren Cunningham, who just turned 85 the other day. And when you get to, he'll sometimes, very rarely, will he share his own opinions about things. But you'll never hear him preach certain things from a stage. And you're like, well, why, why wouldn't you say that? He's like, because that's not my message. Well, I support those who preach that message, but that's not my message. And he has to know because God's called him in a certain place. When he steps outside of what God's given him authority to say and to speak on, then he's operating in presumption and usually creating a mess if somebody was to do that. Do you hear me this morning? We have to rise up as the church, and what that looks like is leaning into him and being obedient to what he's called us to do. We don't rise up in our flesh. We rise up in the power and the glory of God. So right now, I'm hearing some preachers rising up, all right. But is the power and the glory increasing? Or does it just sound like another voice with a weird feeling sometimes, right? So we are called, rise up. So I can say, rise up, Northgate, Alaska. Rise up, body of Christ in Alaska. But rise up in the power and the glory of God and the obedience in which he's called you to walk in. Because it's so confusing of what's happening sometimes that we'll get it wrong again and again if we're not looking horizontal, if, look, if we are looking horizontal for what we're to do. We have to be looking vertical to know. That's the thing is right now we're like, well, what are those guys going to do? Well, what's IHOP saying? What's Bethel saying? What's YOM saying? What are they saying? How do we know what to do? We're getting ourselves in trouble. Those are all amazing. And we, we are. And we're in relationship and collaboration, what are you hearing from God? What are we hearing from God? But we're not just following because that's, we've got to be looking up. What, what are you called us to do? Yes, linking our arms one to another. Like we're, we're right now since the COVID thing, you know, like Philip started this whole men's movement that's really online but we're collaborating with several different ministries because they're all hearing the same thing so it's a unity and collaboration yes but we're not just following each other blindly but we're actually going oh you're hearing the same word of the lord or you're hearing another piece let's come together but we're still going what is my obedience to you jesus colossians 3 2 set your minds on things that are above not on the things that are on earth Ephesians 6, 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. I know for us in YOM Kona, the, the major word was go back to the place of prayer. And for me, I'm the co-founder of a ministry within YOM called Fire and Fragrance. And we started in a house of prayer. And Andy Bird said, who is one of the co-founder with me, and with all the things going on with the sand, all the stadiums, where will you probably find him right now? In the prayer room. He's like, guys, we've got to go back. And even though we've always done it the whole time, we've maintained that. But God is calling us to that place of worship and prayer because it's the only place that we're going to know what to do. It it's never changes. That's the constant. No matter how big something gets and how much we're doing, it comes back to those places. So for us, 
that's where the emphasis is. And going, man, we just need to get in there, that gutty, raw. Sometimes we get too professional in what we do. And for us, he's calling us to that place of, and that's just what we love. And as Alaskans, we love that too. A few nights ago, as I was, I was praying about today. And a few nights ago, the Lord started to give me this word in the middle of the night. And that's we're citizens of the kingdom of God before we're Americans. And we're Christians before we're Alaskans. That's what he told me for us here. Being sons and daughters of God and followers of Jesus trumps every other identity and affiliation. I mean, we just celebrated the 4th of July, which is awesome. I'm born to be an American. You know, I'm like, I'm, but then in the middle of all that, he's like, hey, remember what kingdom you're a part of first. Being sons and daughters of God and followers of Jesus, again, trumps every other identity and affiliation. Now, of course God recognizes tribes, languages, tongues, and nations. I mean, Revelation 7, 9, after I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. He recognizes them. He created them. But he judges us by our hearts. Not our nationalities. But he does hold us accountable for what happens in our nations. So there's a place that he does. He's, that doesn't mean we're like, well, it's not my fault this is happening. We have to take responsibility for problems that we didn't cause. That's part of who we are. So when we live in America, we are responsible for our nation. But before we're Americans, we're citizens of the kingdom. So we don't operate as Americans. We operate as citizens of the kingdom in America, though we are Americans. Does that make sense? When we operate in... in here's the thing, you know, when we operate in independency outside of the will of God, he doesn't say, oh, it's okay, you're Alaskans and Alaskans are independent. No, he's going to say, being independent outside of my will is sin and rebellion. But sometimes you realize we kind of take on identities that are not in alignment with who he is and what he says. He doesn't be like, oh, that's okay. That's just how Alaskans are. Nope. when we're using our voices outside of preaching the true gospel, and when we're voicing our own personal opinion, he's not going to be like, that's okay, you're an American. And that's what Americans do. Because we travel to other countries, we're loud. Like, you know, you know been into Asian nations, like, Americans are the only ones on the bus and the train that are yelling. You know what I mean? Like, they're all just looking at us like, crazy Americans. Right? So... Guys, here's the thing. I am proud to be from this state. I mean, I am so proud to be an Alaskan. And so I wouldn't have some of the skill sets that I have. And it's helped me be an overcomer. What I've lived here in this state is a part of who I am. And it's helped me become who I am in Christ. I am so thankful to be an American. I am, like, so thankful for the generations before us that fought for the religious freedom that we have. When we go to some of these other places and we're like, they don't have the freedom that we have. Like, I'm thankful for my heritage and where I'm from. We have to be that, but not above the kingdom. We have to be walking in the dependency of God, bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. 
And so this morning, I know I, I texted Carla a couple days ago. I'm like, oh, man, it's an aligning word again. I guess I wouldn't be me, though, if I, that's just how the Lord speaks to me. But I can say this as a part of the family. But I just want to ask in our own lives, I want to invite you to examine your lives and your hearts. So I ask this question, have I given in to a spirit of the age and allowed fear in my life? Am I watching the news and I'm, am I watching the opinions of online and everywhere else and conversations and going, I'm afraid? And am I operating, am I making my decisions out of fear? Like again, you can do the right thing in the wrong spirit, right? We have to make decisions that I don't agree with because it's honoring government or things like that. But what spirit am I in? I've got to know that. Have I been speaking my own opinion as the opinions of God? We can, well, of course that's how he thinks. How do you know? Did you ask him? Of course that's the candidate that he would back. Did you ask him? Remember, his ways are higher and different. And Am I speaking something as what he's saying that I actually don't really know that I know? I've been speak, have I been speaking my own opinion? or Have I been silent when I know he's asking me to speak? Again, fear. Are there places where the Lord has asked us to speak up and to say something? Not on my watch. You know, like I need to fight for the truth in this situation. And he's asking us to speak. Am I speaking in any presumption? What am I fixed and focused on right now? What has my greatest attention right now? What is the thing that consumes my thoughts the most right now? Am I being a disciple of Jesus and rightly representing him? When the world looks, when your family hears your voice, when people around you hear, what are they hearing? Are they hearing the disciple of Jesus? This is the moment, you guys. Always in the place of crisis, we see the church arise. We have an opportunity. What the enemy meant for evil, we have an opportunity for the kingdom to advance. He's still on the throne. The glory of the Lord is going to increase. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? I want to be found faithful. I want to be found full of faith, not we're losing our nation. We might, we might not. I, if the church arises, but we don't know. But, but I have to be aligned here and still in accountability with those around me. Because if I'm just here and I don't check in with the family of God that he's called me to walk in, I can get deceived, right? So you understand what I'm saying. When we talk about alignment with him, we don't hear inside of a, our own bubble and go, well, I heard him say this, but everybody in our community is that God's called us to actually walk with. are going, I think that might be off. We need to listen, right? So even as a person that is known for hearing God and bringing words, I still always weigh and test it with those that I know I'm called to run with to make sure. Even sometimes when we're about to say something, whether it be online or release a word amongst my peers, we check in with each other. Think, you guys have peace about the timing of this. All the way up to our founders. All right. Here's what we're feeling and sensing. Is everyone in agreement and unity on this? 
we don't presume because we, we're humans. We could get, get it wrong. But what I really just feel like is that God's given Northgate an opportunity in this valley. He's given the church in Alaska an opportunity to be the voices that are aligned with God, to be the people that are aligned with God. But we have, right now the enemy is trying to push us to say and do things that he's not called us to say and do. And the enemy is trying to push us to be silent when he has called us to use our voices. So I feel like God is raising up voices right now. He's raising up, you know, people of action. But let's make sure that we're walking in the timing of the Lord. You know, as a prophetic person, it's the easiest place to be off is rarely in the word. It's usually in the timing or the interpretation. Most prophetic people don't get the word wrong. They get the timing and understanding wrong. And so that's the place that we've got to go, okay, I heard this, but I'm probably interpreting it through my current framework. What if God wants to give me a fresh perspective of what that actually means and how I actually do that and when I actually do that? I'm starting to disciple even more in the prophetic and uh, with, with some younger prophetic uh, people within our mission. And I'm, all, I'm always hitting that place of like, is the, you know the difference between the pressure of heaven and, the, and that's the place of having to learn to discern. Is he pushing me? I can be terrified and still know it's God. So I never base, actually sometimes the more terrified I am, the more I usually know it's God. That's kind of my MO. A fun story. We have this little boy in our community that I asked to come pray on the microphone. And he gets on the stage and he's praying. He tells his dad later, Amy had me pray. And he's like, were you scared? No, I wasn't scared, dad. My knees were shaking though, but I wasn't scared. So now we have something that we always say, I'm not scared. My knees are shaking a little bit, but I'm not scared. Because in his spirit, he knew. My spirit, I know. My knees might shake, but I'm still being obedient to God. So let me just pray for you guys. Jesus, I just thank you for this family. I thank for all those that are watching online this morning, for, this, for those that will watch it later. Lord, I just thank you for the Northgate family. Lord, I pray, Lord, even as I've brought this place of challenge, that they would examine their own hearts and lives. Lord, it would be said of them, they walk with God. That, they're, that they have discernment. That they're speaking life and truth. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you would, in your love and your kindness, Lord, expose anything in us that's not in alignment with you regarding how we're using or not using our voices. Lord, what spirit that it's consuming our life right now? What holds our attention in our heart? And Lord, I just pray for the peace that passes their understanding. And Lord, for the zeal of the Lord. Not the zeal of man, but the zeal of the Lord. They would be consumed. And Lord, that you would lead and guide each and every one of them into the perfect, loving, kind will of the Lord. Lord, I pray for confusion to be broken now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that all fear would be broken in Jesus' name. Lord, that all of those that have been uh, feeling this heaviness, Lord, would be broken in Jesus' name, and they would lift up their heads to where their help comes from. Because the King of glory is coming in. So, Holy Spirit, I pray for the perspective of heaven. They lean not on their own understanding, but in all of their ways they acknowledge you. Lord, that you would reign, you would rule in Alaska. Lord, that you would be the king of kings. And Lord, this, I pray, would be one of the greatest hours that the church has ever known. Lord, they would use 
creative and innovative ways of releasing your kingdom. We thank you, Father. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So good. Why don't you go ahead and stand with me? <clears throat> if I can add one little thought to what Amy said, there's two spirits that's trying to take over our nation. One's a spirit of fear and the other's a spirit of rage. And, and unfortunately, the church can enter into, be tempted by either one, to be motivated by either one. And, uh, and I, so I want to pray against the spirit of rage the spirit of anger, because that's the one that tempts me more. When I see injustice, when I see some of the things that are going on, something arises within me, and I get angry. And I, in my, I can tell in my, with my heart that I want to I thump somebody. <laughs> I just, I just want to thump someone. And, uh, and I know the Lord does not have th that desire for me to want to thump someone. And, uh, and so can I just pray? against the spirit of rage and anger over us. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you so much that the King of Kings is on the throne and that we are of your kingdom, even though everything in this world is going to be shaken. When we align with your kingdom, we're not shaken. And I know who's on the throne. He's called the Prince of Peace. And so, Lord, I invite you to bring us your perspective in all situations that not only are we not motivated by fear, but we're not motivated by wrath, that we would carry peace and speak with peace and bring peace in the powerful name of Jesus. And all of Northgate said, amen. We bless you online. Have an amazing day. Come tonight if you can. Otherwise, bless one another. Make sure everybody knows they're amazing before they leave. <laughs>